Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the first team. I'm Joe Delio and joined by NFL draft analyst Ryan Roberts. Today we're doing another position group breakdown for the summer scouting series. We're doing, we're talking edge prospects today. And you might have noticed our cadence was a little off over the past couple of weeks. It's because the congratulations are in order for Mr. Ryan Roberts over here, who welcomed his second child uh, to his family. Ryan, congratulations. And I'm, I'm how did everything go, by the way? How's everything been since since all that? transpired I, I i mean i appreciate it. it it's been fine um every night the sleep schedule gets a little bit better which is good so i mean the first couple That's nights good. were terrible like every two hours <laughs> having to wake up and do feeds and everything but it's been good man it's been great my uh my daughter just eats sleeps and poops right now so it's uh it's fun times it's more it's more wrestling a two and a half year old on top of having a newborn that's actually mm. more of the challenge than the actual newborn but well, I, I guess the just the main positive is that this didn't happen during the football season or draft season, and it's right in the perfect timing of when it's quiet. We, we plan kind of quiet. We planned we plan this well, man. We planned it well. My wife's out of work now, and we'll be for the summer and all. And it's uh, yeah, we planned it up really well. I think. Hopefully. Well, I'm happy, and our listeners, I'm sure, are happy to hear that everything oh. has been going well. Uh, but we have to get back to football, Ryan. And, and, more and Joe, <laughs> and yes. this baby looks more. This baby lo- actually looks more like me than uh, Juliet did. So I don't know if that's is a that, good thing or a bad thing. That was the. <laughs> but it, but it is, is that why? Wait, is it pronounced Reina? Is that the, the pronunciation? Yep. Oh, yep. it's not Reina. <laughs> Ryan. Right. Uh, Rayana. Rayana. No, it's Reina. <laughs> yeah. Is there is there a female iteration? Of Ryan, of Ryan is that no Ryan? Ryan has become a unisex name, so there's just women. Oh, Ryans that's true. There, yeah. You yeah. could have done that. That would have been really fun if you did that. But you, you yes, Ryan, Ryan with a daughter named Ryan. Yes, that would have been absolutely <laughs> <terrible>. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> would have been really stupid. Oh man, it could have been a great bit. Uh, we have football though that we we, we want to get to on today's show. Uh, maybe we should do a top five rankings of uh, baby names on uh, eventually at some point. Um, but. Edge, edge prospects, Ryan. And as we usually do, we alternate. We go back and forth. I want to let you start today, Ryan, okay. uh, with your number five edge rusher that you have ranked. Who is it? Before we continue on with this video, I just want to tell you folks about an exciting new partnership that we have with this channel with Underdog Fantasy. Ever since I joined, I've been having so much fun. There are so many different exciting games that make watching games during the offseason more exciting. I'm not the biggest basketball fan, but it has made it way more entertaining since I found Underdog Fantasy. And my favorite game to play so far, which I think you should try out, is Pick'em. It is so easy to play. Just pick higher or lower on your favorite player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it simple. With their easy-to-use website and mobile apps, pick between two and five players to fill out your Pick'em slip Get every pick right and take home some cold, hard cash. Use code HACK, H-A-C-K, HACK, like the name of this channel. Use code HACK to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Go sign up. You won't regret it. You're going to have a blast. Check out Underdog Fantasy. 
I also want to tell you folks about our other reoccurring sponsor that we have on this channel, that being BetOnline, BetOnline.ag, which is all the updated odds, news, and anything for sports betting. It's my go-to source for when I want to be betting specifically on games. I love betting on college basketball or the NBA, uh, especially again during the offseason. Always looking for more fun ways to be uh, focused in on some of these other sports. It's betonline.ag and use promo code BELIEVE50. It's promo code BELIEVE50 to get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. I have Liatu. Latu out of UCLA, the former Washington Edge, who has a it's a fascinating backstory, man. So I mean, not, not, nobody really talked anything about Latu coming into the year one because UCLA's defense was a little bit of a question mark as far as who was going to be the guys to step up. They had Grayson and Gabriel Murphy who transferred over from North Texas. They ended up being pretty good football players for them, but there was just a little bit of question marks, like who was going to be the guys defensively for UCLA. Latu ended up with 10 and a half sacks, 12 and a half tackles for loss, had a dynamic mm. season, 6'4", 265 pounds. I think the, the way that I would phrase him, Joe, and, and this is probably a very lazy comp because they he wears the same number that, that Jalen Phillips wore at UCLA, who obviously transferred to Miami for his final year. But I, I think that this is a little bit of a poor man's Jalen Phillips. I see similar size. I see similar profile as far as being a – long, linearly explosive uh, edge player who has some flexibility, but I really do think he's more of a straight line type of athlete and be able to win the outside track. So there's some things to like here. I do think that there's just a little bit of nuance that needs to be added to his game. I just don't really see great hands at the top of the track consistently. I don't see a power profile consistently either, but it makes sense that those things are needed because – he hadn't played football in a couple years. He was at the University of Washington, former highly recruited player, who had a neck injury and had to retire from football. So he was literally mm-hmm. at Washington, retired from football, and now he's at UCLA, and he's one of the top sack artists coming back at college football. So lots to like with Liatu, Latu out of UCLA, but there is a obviously a deep question mark here because he's going to be a player that is probably going to have two years of really good production. He's going to be 6'4". He's going to be 265. I imagine he tests relatively well, but obviously a neck injury in the past. The medicals are going to be a big question mark about Latu. Yeah, I was actually uh, a pretty big fan of of Latu. Uh, I have him ranked at number three, actually, oh, wow. just to, nice. to not waste any time on where I have him ranked. I thought that a lot of the stuff that you brought up where there's not necessarily a lot of technical nuance, but his hands are really quick. They're really explosive. I have told you in the past off air that for edge rushers, what gets me excited is effort, is the level of effort that is brought on uh, any given play. And I think that Latu brings that intensity, the physicality that I'm looking for in an edge rusher. I think that with all that was why I was so high on him. I think that he could potentially be a a top 50 player. But what I didn't know when I graded him and I rated him is the neck injury stuff. And I think that also he's got a little bit of a lack of length. That's also a bit of a negative in his game. But the the medicals sound like they're they're pretty significant. And like that that to me is probably – he's going to be one of those guys I feel as though will get drafted way lower – then I think some people will grade him out as because we don't, we'll never have the full story on the medicals. We're not going to be at the combine when he gets his medical evaluation. He could be one of those guys that has a really good season 
is in the conversation by the media, but then just falls off the planet because of what is ever going on with his neck. Because a neck injury for a defensive lineman is quite significant. Well, we haven't we haven't really seen too many neck injuries of that severity, right? I mean, again, we're speculating here because he, but he did have to medically retire from football, so like it was that serious. It wasn't like it was just you know oh a. a, a I mean, I don't want to say a, a non-serious neck injury because that just sounds stupid. Like that sounds like a idiosyncrasy. Like that doesn't make any right. sense. But I mean, I mean, I mean, Joe. Like when you think about neck injuries, the main guy that I think of is DK Metcalf, right? Who came out of Ole Miss a couple years ago, wide receiver, and he was a guy that was probably a top fifteen talent in that class. Ends up going in the late second rounds because of the neck mm-hmm. injury stuff. Again, I'm not. It's not apples to apples because I don't know the severity of. Latu's neck compared to what DK's was. And, and there's, right. there's going to be a long conversation piece here about Latu moving forward. All I know, though, is that he does have some desirable traits. And UCLA has a couple kids, man. Him, the Murphy twins. There, there's some guys in that defense that are really exciting for UCLA going into 2023 for Chip Kelly. But it's kind of weird. I mean, I feel like this is going to be more of a defensive team under Chip Kelly in 2023 than, than offensive, which is really Really weird, but I, I think that Latu has a lot of traits that you get excited about. It's just about what the medicals come back at. So my number five was JT, JT Tuamoilau, who I'm probably butchering his name, from Ohio State. As I described him on that breakdown show, and if you want more analysis on him, I encourage our listeners to go check out that show that we did. I understand why he was as highly recruited as he was. Physically, he fits the description of what you're looking for in a blue chip five-star recruit. And I think that we see bits and pieces that on film. I don't think he's athletically a freak. I think that he is good enough of an athlete to eventually become productive. My big issue with him and why I've placed him here, and we talked about this on the show a couple days ago, like he is somebody who can get drafted, I think middle to the end of the second round and be a contributing piece to a defensive line and be a part of rotation and be a, you know, a key cog for a defense, but not the primary guy. I have not seen enough consistent disruption or production from him to be very bullish, to be like some people are describing him as a top 10 pick. I don't see that at all in film. Like I don't even see a world where that is unlocked that he is a top 10 pick. Again, not enough disruption. He struggles to get off blocks sometimes for me. Um, the production is also concerning. I know that we shouldn't sit here and hang our hat on production or stats for a lot of players, but to a certain point when it's that low, I think he had, what was it? Three and a half sacks or something along those lines. When it's that low, yeah. when it's that low, it does cause for some concern, especially when two of those sacks were produced in one game against Penn state and the rest were scattered throughout the season. I, I, I'm a little higher on JT. I actually have him at number three. So you, my number five was at three oh. for you. Your number five is at three for me. I think that I, I agree. The top 10 stuff with JT is way too rich, 100% way too rich. But I also do think that this kid has ready-made run-stopping ability at the next level. I think he's going to yeah. be a high-level run run uh, run stopper. I also think that he has pretty good hands and a good understanding of how to rush. I don't think that he's a great athlete. I think he's a solid to good athlete in most regards, yeah. but I, I just don't see anything special. So I question what the ceiling is with JT, which is why I also question him going anywhere close to the top 10. But I would be 
I'd be okay taking this kid in the first round in the right situation. I would. I think that he plays with good effort. I think that he plays with good technical refinement for a kid his age. And I think that he has traits that I look at and I say, this kid's a starting caliber defensive end on the next level. I just don't think he's going to be a 10 to 15 second year guy. I think he's more seven to eight, you know, just a good player, a good player and going to be able to stop the run. Like that's what I see with JT Toy Molau. I think he's a good football player. I think he is a little bit overrated, but I still have it at number three just because, man, I'm, I guess I guess we should start with this, Joe. Don't love this edge class right now, man. Don't really love it. Don't really love it. There's not yeah. a lot of guys that get me juiced about. Like I'm not juiced about a lot of these guys, to be honest. Yeah, we probably should have started with that. But to just to further that point before we get to your number four, I, it, it's not sexy. There's the one crown jewel at the top. There's the big dog, Jared, versus the top that we're going to bend to breaking down. There should be no surprise that we both have him at number one. But it it kind of falls off a cliff. It really kind of falls yeah. off a cliff, which feels so weird after we had, was it two straight classes that were really rich with edge talent and top yeah, 15 deep. edge talent? Yeah. Yeah. Now they were, they were deep the last couple of years. I mean, think about the Kayvon and Aiden Aiden Hutchinson and that crew two years ago. And then obviously this past cycle with Will Anderson, it was a, it was a there was depth to say the least. Mm-hmm. Like you're not wrong about that at all. Uh, but I, I think that you're, Betting on traits a lot in this class right now. I mean, Latu's a bet on traits. My number four is is definitely a, a bet on traits. Like, there's no doubt about it. It's just like Latu. I I don't want to say he was five dot by default, but like I watched a few other guys. I'm just like, uh, there's nobody that's really in this conversation to be a top five edge in this class at the moment for me. As far as like over Latu, it's just not not a class that I'm juiced up about to be honest. Not there who, are a couple. Is your- there are a couple like underlying. Yeah. There are a couple underlying under the radar guys that I do like a lot. Like Mazin Richards out of North Texas is a guy that's really, really talented, but yes. like just not, not a guy that it would be a top five list right now. Right. Your number four though, who is it? My number four is Dallas Turner out of Alabama. I, this is a pure bet on traits, man. We talked about this on the show. This kid is six foot four. This kid is 242 pounds. This kid is a five-star recruit. He's explosive. He's flexible and he can run an outside track. And there are some moments on film, man, where it's just like offensive tackles can barely touch him. But terrible hands, no rush plan, and needs to continue to improve his power profile. Like it's just, it's all traits and not proven production outside of his freshman year. And it's just too scattered right now. I mean, like there were two reps. I forget what I forget what game it was, Joe, but I remember I sent you two clips from one game specifically. It was like back-to-back sacks, and he only had four sacks on the season, so literally he had two in one football game. Where he rushes around the track, he's able to win the track, but his hands, like he doesn't even use his hands at all. Like no swipe, no rip, no um club, no, no nothing, man. Like he just doesn't understand what he's doing as a rusher. Really talented athlete, though. And I could get behind him being a lot higher on this list or even being a high first round pick if everything clicks, but a lot needs to click in order for him to get to that reality, man. He's all upside and a very low floor right now. That's what I see in Dallas Turner. I also have him as number four, and that's the same boat that I'm in right now with him where I'm more, I can get more excited about Dallas Turner because I think that JT Tuamoylao is very close to his ceiling. Like I don't see where he's going to get like really a lot better. He can get, be more productive as a, as a as a pass rusher, but 
like we're talking about there, he's a slightly above average athlete. Dallas yep. Turner is is a pretty freaky athlete, but just doesn't really know what he's doing. And it's a little weird that you'd think, hey, maybe through some osmosis here, uh, the, the, the ability to be so technically refined by Will Anderson would rub off onto Dallas Turner. That didn't really happen. Well, but I, as you're I actually talking, actually, I actually don't think that Will Anderson was that technically refined, though, Joe. Like, that's well, a lot thing, more than just, a lot more than Dallas well, Turner. <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's fair. He is a lot more than Dallas Turner. There is no doubt about that, man. But I, I was honestly, and I don't even know who the defensive line coach is for Alabama. So, like, this is not a shot. It's really not. I'm not throwing shade here, but like couple of these guys that are super athletic kids just I feel yeah. like haven't been incredibly developed as far as from a technical perspective like I just I don't see it. I mean even dating back and again I don't know if this is the same defensive line coach but you remember Christian Barmore that came out a couple years ago Christian Barmore yeah. has turned into a really good player for New England but he was not technically refined at all coming out of Alabama man he was just all traits and that's what I see with Dallas Turner right now, man. He's all traits. He could be as good as he wants to be or as good as his coach allows him to be. But there's a reality where he is kind of just a he's just a space player that's just going to have yeah. some cleanup sacks. He's Bruce Irvin, and he's never a high-quality sack artist. I mean, it's just there's a big gap between what he is and what he could be right now. There's a lot of volatility to this one. Part of me wonders, because he's clearly a 3-4 outside linebacker, part of me wonders if maybe his role in a defense in the NFL is going to be more – because he actually moves well in space. I think he actually drops well into into zone coverage. And we talked about on our breakdown of him, he's probably going to play the Will Anderson role. He's going to rush a little bit more. And maybe that helps him develop instead of him just being an outside track guy. Like, can he – actually learn how to use his hands and locate the football. But like part of me wonders in the NFL, maybe he does better more playing in space and as just a, a situational rusher rather than asking him to do it on a snap to snap basis. I, I kind of wonder if, if maybe that helps him a little bit. Um, but okay. in general though, I think that Dallas Turner, uh, if he can just get a little bit better, a little bit better, he could be a late first round pick. I think that's certainly plausible. Yeah, a little bit better because, I mean, at the end of the day, a team is going to bet on those traits. I mean, he's going to he gonna run the 4-4s four at 240-something pounds. He's probably going to vertical high 30s. Like, he's going to be a freaky athlete, man. There's no doubt. He's going to have some stupid three-cone. This We're talking about a special athlete here, we're, mm. but we're only talking about a solid to good football player. So, again, there's just a little bit of a separator based upon what we know now and what he could be. I think he could be a really good football player or he could just be solid. I mean, there's just it's just a chasm right now, man. It's a chasm. So we've already established who our number threes are. Mine was uh, Leitu Latu. Yours was JT Tumoilau. That then means our number twos are both Braylon Trice from Washington. Trice. Now, yeah. my thoughts on on Trice before you really dive deep on this. Uh, big, thick kid. He's listed at like 267. I don't know what he was playing at, but like that's pretty good size for for a defensive uh, defensive end playing in a 4-3 scheme. I talked about how much I loved Latu's mentality. I think that Braylon Trice is one of the most violent pass rushers I've just seen in general and especially in this class. Um, I think that his hand usage is pretty strong and he just knows, I think, how to properly position himself to be successful. 
I don't think he's like a crazy productive player off the top of my head, whatever his sack production was. But I do know that that Braylon Trice brings the right mentality and the pop, the power to bully offensive linemen, which is not easy to consistently find. So that's that's my thing with Braylon Trice, why I'm willing to place him here. And I think that he's good enough to be a, a mid, mid or so first round pick, despite the rest of this edge class struggling a bit. Yeah, I, I think Trice off the top of my head was like a 13 tackle for loss, nine sack guy, which is good. But I think it's very good when you consider the fact that he was playing with guys like Jeremiah Martin, who had a really productive season with um, what, what's his name? The the other defensive end that's been around forever. Um, shoots. Number 58. I think he changed his number this year. Uh, Whatever. What's his name, man? What's his name? Zion. Zion. That's his name. Uh, Zion. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know Zion. Yes, the, 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 the yes I don't know if Tom is. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So he's shared a lot of reps with some edges this past year, but was able to have a highly productive season. I think for me, like it's a really interesting background because he was a – basically didn't play the first two years at Washington, just didn't play. Then third year, played a little bit had a little bit of production, but then this year he was just a breakout star. Former three-star, was recruited by some good schools, but was not incredibly highly profiled as far as a, from a ranking perspective. Like you said, played this year between 265 and 270, was listed at 267. Very strong hands. Incredibly strong, really nuanced, understands how to get guys off his chest, off his body, and he knows how to set up his rushes. He is not a bendy guy per se mm. but he's an angle he understands how to reduce rush angles and what that means is understand how to manipulate offensive linemen he's going against to make them kind of lessen their angles so that he can get the outside track even though he's not the most flexible rusher of all time he doesn't have the greatest bends but he understands how to set guys up which is the biggest thing i've heard joe that he is he is trimming down to 255 pounds this year so I'm interested what? to see. I'm interested to see, man, if he maintains if like the that. power. Well, if, as long as he maintains the power, I'm okay with it. But my biggest thing is, does that make him a little bit more explosive? Does that make him a little bit more loose? I, I think it's going to be interesting because I don't think mm. – I think his frame had some bad weight on it. Like, I don't think it was a great frame. Like, he, he could definitely, okay. I think, kind of trim thing down a little bit. So if he's able to show a little bit more of upside there, maybe he's a little bit more of a high upside athlete than I think he is right now i think he's a good athlete i don't think he's a great athlete i think this kid is what we tried to make Derek barnett coming out of tennessee really nuanced strong pass rusher good run defender i'm a big fan of Braylon trice man i think he's going to be a really good football player he's a high floor player we're talking about we've been talking about a lot of low floor players in this class so far talking about dallas turner talking even about Leatu latu like the guys have a little bit of a lower floor they scare you a little bit Braylon Trice has a high floor. Maybe his ceiling isn't as high as a couple of those guys, but I think at mm. worst he's just a good situational pass rusher at the next level. But I do think that he could be a starter without question. Jared versus our number one player before we have to wrap up here. We went really in depth on him, and I almost don't even think we need to be totally redundant on going back deep on him. But yep. what makes him, I think, far and away the number one guy, the guy who is going to be – He's going to be a top 10 pick, especially in a year where it seems to be devoid of edge talent. I think someone's going to, even if he doesn't have a great year, which I don't think is going to happen, could get get overdrafted because there is a lack of edge talent. 
but it he yeah. won't be an overdraft because he is that freaking good. He is a wrecking ball the way that he came into the college football landscape, having a massive game against LSU and dominating other great tackles that he is just completely beat up on. Jared versus ability to explode, close down the power that he brings to the position. And I think he's got pretty good hands. Jared Verse could have gone in the top 10 this past year, and he's going to go in the top 10 in this upcoming year. Watch out for Jared Verse, simply put. He, he's an incredibly strong, powerful kid for being listed at 6'4", 248 pounds. And the reason for that is, one, he's got strong hands. Two, he's incredibly explosive. I imagine this kid's going to run an insane 40. We saw a little bit of the glimpses, obviously, during his career at Albany. And then you saw all the glimpses at Florida State this last year. Even while being injured, he was still able to have nine-plus sacks and double-digit tackles for loss. He's going to have a dynamic season if he's able to stay healthy. LSU game last year, folks, again, not to get super redundant because I know Joe just mentioned it a little bit, but if Mm. you want to see one of the more dominant performances by an edge prospect over the last couple cycles, go watch his game against LSU last year for Florida State. He was just unblockable. I mean, just two sacks, you know, but it was it was way more than just a couple of sacks, man. It was pressures all day. He's just physically overwhelming, dude. So great story. Former zero-star recruit, went to Albany, did his time, was productive, and now he's one of the stars in all of college football. So, yes, keep an eye out for Jared Verse. Jared Verse is going to continue to do damage. Joe DeLeon, Ryan Roberts. We're going to be back. I think we're doing tight ends next. Tight ends is the next position group that we're going to be diving into. So we'll be back with our first scouting report episode for the tight end group. Enjoy the rest of your week, folks. We'll be back with more. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.